0: Hello and welcome to another Win Daily Show. I got my man Sia Najad with me. Sia is a little angry because he lost some money, but that means we're going to have a good show because the energy is going to be up. Sia, man. tell uh, I mean, well, first off, how was your father's day? Let's start there.
1: So with two small kids and no nanny because of COVID, uh, it was like every other day the last, uh, I should say every other weekend day, the last three or four months which was pretty much doing the Sirius XM show of course and mm-hmm. then basically watching after the kids until about seven thirty, eight o'clock when they go to bed and then start to monitor golf to be honest with you that that's that really was my father's day not not anything too exciting
0: nothing too exciting but hey that's the thing it's father's day and you can do whatever the hell you want how does that sound Right.
1: Listen, listen, Michael, the truth is what I did on Father's Day, if you really want to know the truth, and I I didn't want to go here, but I watched Terrell Hatton Mm -hmm. and Abraham answer, go into the back nine with two to three shot leads over Webb Simpson. I had outrights on both. I even had an outright that I put in mid weekend on Sergio Garcia. I think it was 176 to one when I got it Mm. because he was sort of far back after after day one when, when I took the bet. It was a mid tourney bet. And I'm thinking, man, both Hatton and Anser are going to have to blow this for me to lose my outrights here. And they were like legit outrights like that. We're going to pay a legit amount of money. And uh, the funny part was neither of them played poorly on the back nine. Nope. It was Webb Simpson who, just like anybody can, he got hot with the putter and everything within 20 feet he just happened to make. I mean, he's a good putter anyway, but nobody makes putts like that. And when you do you end up winning a tournament. So I was, I was honestly like pretty upset.
0: I can understand that. And I know I'm smiling because I know this is great content um, and I can pull this and you know share it in the, on, on the Twitterverse and everything, but man, I mean, it was incredible watching Webb Simpson do what he does. Now, again, I watch golf, I watch the four majors and then maybe a couple other tournaments a year. But I have been absolutely locked in the last two weeks. Doesn't hurt that with your help and with with Steven's help and with Patrick's help. I'm, I'm very plus money over the last couple of weeks. And I expect to be the same after today's show with this upcoming week. But it was incredible. And it was just it was crazy. Maybe you have you probably have a better number than I do. But it felt like every time Abraham answer had the chance to sink a birdie, he came up. Ah, like like three to six inches short and it legitimately felt like it happened six times just on the Mm -hmm. back nine alone how like what is going like how does it golf is crazy man golf is just crazy i just don't get it
1: you know he was he was the best golfer last week with respect to greens in regulation i mean he had like 90 percent. it was like there's no i don't think there's anybody in the history of golf who has hit the green in regulation like he did and not won a golf tournament. But what it came down to on that back nine was he was hitting the greens, but he was always like 12, 14, 17 Mm -hmm. feet away. And the the reality is unless you're inside 10 feet, it's not a putt. I I believe the stat is if you're like eight feet out or maybe it's nine feet out, you're at like a 50% chance to make, the, the putt so even like the best golfers are at that 50% rate you know eight to ten feet out so mm-hmm. you know when you when you give yourself 12 and 14 feet it's great you're giving yourself a birdie look but when you got a guy like Webb Simpson chasing you and Terrell Hatton and, other, and then some of these other guys that were chasing him down you know you got to make a couple of those but to be honest with you I just wasn't that upset with him because his round overall was really good yeah I mean he did hit a nice putt on 17 to give him a shot on 18 mm-hmm. but then his approach onto 18 it just you know it was very lackluster. It just, it almost felt like he didn't go for it. And I'm like, man, you got to you got to try to get this, you got to try to jar this or get it near the hole or something, but it just didn't happen. But It felt like Sergio, called.
0: too, both of them, it felt like their, 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 uh, their shot onto the green was like all the way over to the right and the hole's all the way over to the left. And you're like, you're probably not going to sink that, bud. That's like 25 feet. Like, that's hard. <laughs> uh, but unless you're Webb Simpson. Like, what what did he do? Minus five minus five in his last, like, seven holes or something? Just kind of yeah like, so it up and then all of a sudden it was like, hey, this is mine to
1: take and I'm going to take it. It was five out of six holes on the back nine where yep. he birdied. And, the, and you know the back nine was the harder nine, so it was it, it makes it even that much more impressive so you know it 's one of those things and i 'll be honest, so we had so many good draftkings picks or FanDuel picks mm-hmm. last week, but i got to be honest i I faded webb simpson Simpson last week, and I know some of our guys did as well, and kind of for good reason too because. His price was good, but, you know, he was coming off kind of a bad week and there was a lot of other talent, even near that talent, whether you liked Hideki or, you know, Woodland or or some of the – Patrick Reed. You know, there were plenty of guys that you could pivot from uh, Webb Simpson, especially knowing that Webb Simpson's ownership was going to be skyrocketing uh, like it did last week. So it was a pivot for me, so it was kind of insult to injury because a lot of my DraftKings lineups, of course, had Hatton and Answer and Sergio, by the way. I was big on all three, which is great, which was great for, you know, making some money, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you know – I really needed Webb Simpson for a couple reasons not to finish in that first slot. And he did. So I was I was very disappointed. I want one of those answer outrights to come in. I mean, I've, I've had him the last two weeks. Now the sort of the secret is out. You no, know, even in DraftKings this week, people are going to be all over him mm-hmm. for very good reason. He's a great golfer. But, you know, I kind of wish I had gotten the outright, uh, you know, sometime in the last couple of weeks. I've finished
0: uh, three times in the top 10 the last two weeks, and answer has been in all of those lineups. So I'm, I'm going to ride my boy now. He's mine. I'm going to ride him. <laughs> he, he seems like a short, kind of slender dude, too. So I feel like I kind of have that, you know, where we're almost like the same. His beard's a little bit nicer, and his hair might be a little bit longer. But other than that, we're practically the same person, I think. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to you
1: see You kind that. of, you know what, Michael? You right? kind of look like Abraham I mean, Answer. I'm telling
0: you. I don't know, man. I think there's something about me. There's some maybe maybe I've just been messing with you this whole time. You just never know. So, what? Um, <laughs> let's let's talk. So baseball is back. We have a pack show. I didn't even get into that. I was just so um, excited to hear about you and your weekend and your Father's Day. We have baseball that's coming back. We obviously we did a little recap. We're gonna go a little bit deeper into what happened last week at uh, RBC. We're going to go into what's happening this week at the Travelers Championship, which again, it feels like there's like three courses that are super similar in a row. So it sounds like nothing's going to be too, too crazy. We're going to have Austin come on a little bit, talk about the EPL and some soccer. We have a bunch of games tomorrow. Who's getting relegated? What's happening there? Then a little bit extra uh, basketball news, a little bit of NFL news to, to round the show out with. So let's let's get baseball. Let's just go right into the PGA. So other than um and as you said you know webb simpson being good isn't really a surprise who were some of those surprises to you this uh this past week at rbc that maybe you could again see like you know homa didn't do so great then he did pretty good this last week i had him in a lineup mm-hmm. i made some money there like who were some of those guys that either did poorly this past week or or surprised you positive or negative that you think might be able to kind of keep that momentum going a little bit
1: well, let me start with the guys that did poorly that I think are probably set to rebound this week. So Patrick Reed really disappointed a lot of people across the industry and a lot of Wind Daily people, too, Na- namely myself. I'm usually on the Patrick Reed train more than most people are. So that was hugely disappointing he missed the cut another guy that missed the cut which was really interesting was Sung JM mm-hmm. uh, this guy has just been automatic so that was really interesting and and Sung JM is sort of getting the web simpson treatment from last week and what i mean by that he's coming off a missed cut mm-hmm. and his projected ownership you know which we can see as you know Michael is already really high uh, mm-hmm. you know I'll, I'll take a quick look at it and i know we're going to go through this to some degree but it is like somewhere in the 20% range which is wow. which is really high so um Those two surprised me a lot. You know, it's interesting. Colin Morikawa coming off that missed putt uh, Mm -hmm. at the Colonial, he actually put together three, you know, solid rounds like he always does. And he kind of blew up on Sunday. So I think that's kind of it's not a surprise. He had a decent tournament, but he had his kind of first bad day that I've seen in quite some time. So Mm -hmm. that, that was a surprise. Pleasant surprises. You know, we talked about Dustin Johnson. And how we just don't think he had the attitude necessarily to like grind it like a Sung J.M. You know, mm-hmm. during the pandemic, I, you know, I'm not even if you ask me, did he go out and golf more than, you know, four or five times in that three month period? I, like I honestly like in, in in other words, like play 18 holes. Yeah. I'd honestly be like, no, I'd probably take the under on that. But the reality is w- what that translated into for me was don't take him the first week, maybe sprinkle him in the second week and Now is the time to take him because I honestly think now he's sort of gotten his game up to speed, Mm -hmm. whereas a lot of the golfers had their game up to speed maybe after, you know, the second day of the first tournament back from the pandemic. So he's actually a guy I'm looking at. He played really well last week. Brooks Koepka really surprised me. I didn't think Brooks was going to be I didn't have him in any lineups. Frankly, Mm -hmm. I didn't think Brooks with his knee issues and with that whole narrative, which I don't necessarily buy about, you know, him only, you know, caring about the majors. I mean, these fields are kind of like majors anyway. So I Mm -hmm. think he's kind of up for the up to the task. Uh, you know, so he was a, a pleasant surprise. And then honestly, Bryson continuing to do what he does is pretty amazing. I mean, I, I think when you look at what he's done and I have it right here, I, I wanted to make sure they were in my show notes, his last six tournaments, this is, this is where he's finished, mm-hmm. including, you know, just this last Sunday, eighth, third, fourth, second, fifth. I mean, like I literally had to look at it two or three times. Cause I'm like this, that, that just can't be right. Everybody has a bad tournament, but Bryson, and and by the way, that dates back pre-pandemic, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, this year. And I got to say, I'm starting to think that he might be the best golfer in the world now. And I I don't think that's really a a hot take. I I think a lot of people are either on the Bryson train or they're not. They think this is sort of gimmicky with how big he's getting and all this stuff. But I mean, he's just hitting the ball. Like he's lights out with his driver. He's lights out with his his irons. He's putting well. I don't know why you would, you know, Mm -hmm. for this tournament, for example, I'm not... I can't justify taking Rory over Bryson, especially like seeing how Rory has played. I might be able to justify taking Justin Thomas over Bryson, maybe, but Bryson's numbers are just unbelievable. And so that's, you know, to answer your question, that is a big surprise to me that he's keeping this up at the pace that he's keeping it up. Because honestly, I thought this game with, you know, driving at 350 yards and just like hammering off the tee, I thought it would have its peaks and valleys. It's hot and it's cold streaks. And granted, we don't have a huge sample size, but it's big enough for me to be like, oh, okay, this is a little bit more steady than I thought.
0: And considering the last couple of weeks, the fairways, if I'm not mistaken, have been pretty narrow, right? So it's not like he has a huge, the uh, what's that word we like to use? Variance. He doesn't have a huge um, you know range that he can hit it in. He pretty much has to hit it relatively straight, right?
1: So, yes and no. The the thing is, is if you're off the fairway, and a lot of these courses, the rough is really not that penal. And so okay. you can afford to miss the fairway and probably still hit, you know, your green in regulation. So, yeah, you're kind of right. And, and I think, actually, this course that's coming up has fairways that are a little bit wider than last week. So, nice. you know, there's no reason for Bryce and, not, and guys like Brooks and guys who can just hammer it not to just, you know. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you miss the fairway, you know, you're good to go. You you you're still going to you're still going to have a shot at the at the mm-hmm. green.
0: And so, uh- the eagle that brooks had was absolutely fantastic did he i think he what he drove the green from like 300 and something yards landed it there and then just putted it right in and it was i watched that whole sequence of you know two shots or whatever it was it's like what an animal and i agree with you i mean i think it's, it's it's a fun narrative right like he only cares about the majors like he doesn't really give a shit but as you said like these fields are majors like who are we missing at this point outside of tiger woods right like i mean there's a couple other guys maybe but it's a stacked field. Everyone's there. I mean, that's got to get the competition juices flowing,
1: right? You know, what's interesting about Brooks is I think he's starting to take exception to how much attention Bryson and some of these other guys are getting. I actually heard an interview on, on the PGA Tour uh, channel on uh, SiriusXM today. And I think it was immediately after the tournament or, or maybe during the tournament. And somebody was asking him, hey, what do you think about Bryson? And, you know, he was sort of complimenting him and sort of not complimenting him at the same mm-hmm. time. It was one of those things where he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I guess it's good for him. It's good for his game, you know, whatever. And then he would be like, yeah, but he's put the work in. He, he tried to like walk it back a little bit and like give him some credit. But then he'd go like the next part of the the comment was like mm-hmm. kind of like insinuating that it's gimmicky. And, you know, if that's what he wants to do. So I actually think it's it's an interesting point. I'm not, ne- not necessarily on Brooks yet for this tournament, but I do think that, There's something to be said for him. You know, he's this guy that I think really could take over the golf world. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. got the looks. He's got the physique. He's certainly got the game to do it. This knee injury sort of set him back. And all of a sudden, now he's coming back. And instead of being that guy, or instead of competing with like a Rory, he's competing with some like you know wilder that is like you know crushing the ball like he it. used to so yeah it's an interesting point i think brooks is somebody to keep an eye on this week for sure i like he, he's he got a good
0: personality too he's he's pretty funny he shows up on, uh in interviews uh, like that but also a couple a couple podcasts i listen to he he shows up every once in a while he's a pretty funny dude and, and that mustache he was rocking man that thing was glorious look just like mario i loved it
1: so i think what golf needs and you say good personality right so Sergio, I think, is thought of you know in, in more of this villainous role, or maybe some people might tag him with the like the bad personality or whatever. Golf just needs personalities. Yes, golf anything. needs villains. Nope golf needs villains, golf needs superstars, golf needs you know gregarious fun people too, and they have some of those that are so starting to really come out of the woodwork now. But you need guys like Brooks that just says what's on his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you need guys like you know Bryson that you know just hammers the ball and gets frustrated or poses or you need guys like Sergio or Patrick Reed that people don't like. Like sports need this. and yes. golf, if you want to if you want to contend with the four major sports, You got to, you got to, you know, do these things and they're doing it.
0: Yeah, they're doing it. I mean, it's again, it's fun to watch. It's fun to see what's going on. Kind of watch these guys. And I mean, we watched, was it Tyrell? Tyrell Hatton? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You kind of just watched him not really melt down, but you, you knew like, it was like, well, we know he's not going to win. Like I didn't, it was a feeling I got like once he hit, then he just started kind of spraying the ball a little bit and just like i mean even if he saves par every time i think he even he uh hit a par at one or um uh, a birdie at one point to bring him back to 20 under you're still like he you know it's not him it's answer and web at this point and we'll see mm-hmm. who takes it and um you know so we we're talking about um uh, brooks a little bit and if i'm not mistaken it kind of comes up every once in a while that brooks and Roy McElroy really don't like each other that much so i mean maybe that's kind of like a fun little rivalry we can get going and with rory kind of sucking uh tell like what what did you see from his game that was like cuz he did not look I mean he started off very poorly he came back and then I think he ended pretty poorly again like what what have you seen from his game that you again you're you're willing to go out on a limb and say hey like maybe it is Bryson maybe he is the best golfer in the world now
1: So the problem with Rory first of all is that if you like for example uh, I I take outright bets but sometimes people not only take outright bets but they'll bet what's called an each way and they'll they'll, they'll bet the guy for a top 5 or a top 8 mm-hmm. or a top 10 okay. The problem with Rory and you'll probably get, because of the stacked fields, you'll probably still get decent value in betting Rory in that in in all of those markets. But the problem is when he's sort of out of it, it almost seems like he checks out, almost mm-hmm. like Jordan Spieth, where where yep. it's just like things kind of unwind and they almost just kind of like don't care. They're just trying to get through the day. And so on Sunday, that's what I saw from Rory. I just, he just wasn't really like dialed in. And I don't think he really cared. I mean, this is such a prolific golfer. He has all the money in the world. He's not trying to climb the standings and get an extra, you know, 20,000 or 30,000 or whatever it is. So that's my real worry with him. I don't think he's really put four good rounds. Well, I know he hasn't put four good rounds together yet. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm comparing a guy like Rory and Bryson, and Bryson just seems like he's peaking in every single category, and Rory is good one day and you know not good the other day, and it's just it, it's it, to me right now it's apples and oranges. I mean they're they're both elite, but if I have to if I have to take one, it's right now it's Bryson. And of course you know Rory can come out and win any tournament, obviously. But exactly. no, my, the way Bryson has been finishing tournaments. Uh, I am, you know, uh, I, I would take Justin Thomas over Roy right now, and I would take Bryson over Roy right now. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. Wow! All right, all right. I like that. And so I guess let's
0: let's move ahead. We have the Travelers Championship coming up. Um, excited for it. I assume course records are going to continue to be broken as they have. It feels like these last two weeks, as you were telling me before, with weather and schedule changing, that absolutely does make a difference. I think as I I think it was the course record for last week was 20 under and it was done once. And I think what three or four guys had 20 under just alone yet last week, which is absolutely crazy. But that's going to happen again. It's a stacked field. Uh, as you as you were telling me before the weather and everything i think that's important so moving forward let's look at the travelers everything else is behind us at this point who are you looking at you know let's let's take it by the tiers as we've been doing you know who's mm-hmm. who's in that really top tier of golfers uh, i'm assuming the rory mcelroys uh, brooks kapka is going to be up there the very very expensive guys that can't really roster too many of them but who are you looking at if you're going to start taking some shares
1: so that that upper tier, like we'll just call it like, for DraftKings purposes, and this would apply to FanDuel too, actually, uh, 10,000 and up. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at primarily Bryson. I like how Justin Thomas finished the tournament on Sunday. I mean, he was really dialed in, and I think he has the game to be fantastic this mm-hmm. week and, frankly, last week and the week before. So my top guys in that top six range are probably Bryson and Justin Thomas. I think you know a lot of people want to. There's some steam on John Rom. There's a lot of um, a lot more ownership than I thought there would be, and that you know that's going to change between now and Thursday. But I'm probably off Rom. Like I said, I'm probably off Brooks. I mean, his game is great, um, but I you know you you can't pick everybody in this mm-hmm. in this yeah. you, know, you know these top six. You know you can technically pick two, but if you pick two, you're really dipping down into that six K range, and that's fine. There's some talent there, but what we've noticed in the last two weeks with these elite fields is it's mostly elite guys that rise to the top by, by Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, there's our Michael Thompson's and you know, your, your random guys that kind of sneak in there, but you know, you really want to hedge your bet on like picking the right 6,000 guy. It's tough. You can do it. You can try. There's a couple guys that that I'll, I'll point out in that regard, like Matthew Naismith, uh, Stuart sink was good. Um, Doc Redman is a popular guy, but you no, know, if I had to pick one, it would probably be Bryson. He is going to have a lot of ownership. So if I was going to pivot, you know, Webb Simpson is interesting because he's finally not chalk. It mm-hmm. looks just from an ownership percentage standpoint, it looks like Webb Simpson is going to be the least owned of those top six, which is very interesting because it's yeah. like, all right, well, you know, you can you can suddenly pivot from a double digit ownership guy to a guy like Webb, who right now is like a nine to 10% ownership guy, which might creep up, but still it's going to be lower than anybody else. So yeah. that would be my pivot, but I would probably lean on Bryson and Justin in this range.
0: That makes sense. I, I do like that. And again, what Webb, as you said, that first week, not so hot this second week uh, he screwed a lot of people over uh, a couple weeks ago and then this past week he was absolutely fantastic obviously winning the entire thing and watching him walk up to 18 it was fantastic man he was he was just lights out the beautiful shot with um uh the 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 lighthouse and hilton head and all that stuff and um we actually have a question from a periscope user Harmon, this week how do you feel about harman Harman Harmon was great Say it again. Where does he land in our tiers? Because we can just get to him if he if he's a little bit.
1: Familiar. Oh yeah. So so Harmon is seventy six hundred on DraftKings. He's going to okay. obviously be a little bit more on on FanDuel. But you know Harmon. Okay, first of all, he's he's going to be pretty highly owned for for guys in that tier. You know, in that seven mm-hmm. k range. You know, like for example, his projected ownership right now is at, is at like seventeen percent. Mm-hmm. I expect that to drop a little bit actually, but still fifteen sixteen percent. I don't know that he's worth it. You know. Uh, guys in that 7,000 range, I'm always looking at win equity. I'm always like, that's always in the back of my mind. Like, yes, I Mm -hmm. want them to make the cut, but you know, I I don't like, when I look at other guys in that range, for example, a Victor Hovland or a Joel Damon, whose stats are just off the charts. He kind of unraveled on Sunday too, but Mm -hmm. um, a Scotty Scheffler, who I'm not a huge on, but it's like a, you know, a classic birdie maker, you know, Harmon falls below all of those guys. And even though Hovland is 200 more and Uh, Damon is 100 more Scheffler's Sheffler's the same price. I would actually lean on those other three guys before I lean on Harmon. With that said, these are the courses that Harmon plays well, and Mm -hmm. he played well last week. But because of ownership, and because I just don't think he's as talented as as the three guys I just mentioned, and there's, you know, there's probably a few more guys to discuss in that range. Uh, even Keegan Bradley at 7,400, it's kind of a home course for him. Uh, he grew up in, in this area, and he's he's got a great track record here. So I like Harmon, but personally, I'm not going to have him in any of my lineups.
0: There you go, Mark. There you go. I hope that answers your question. All right, let's 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 hop back to the top. Um, mm-hmm. always, always like getting user questions. Anyone yeah, out there watching, you're more than welcome to hang out with us and ask them some questions. It's always for fun sure. that way. Uh, so so that, that 10K and upgrade, as you said, we're looking at uh, Justin Thomas and uh Bryson so when mm-hmm. we move down a little bit that 9k you know uh 9 to 10k range who are we looking at there and uh I guess why
1: yeah so that's just the 9,000 range and, and again there's, there's not many people there so if I'm looking at DraftKings that's six people so all these guys are going to be pretty popular I think so mm-hmm. Cantlay's coming back he's he's finally playing in a tournament he's he lines up great for this course so he where, should be good where was he was
0: he just not
1: he For just wasn't reason? playing. There okay. was rumors that he was kind of nursing a back thing, but I personally never verified that, and mm. I don't really think that's a thing. To the extent it was a thing, it's not a thing now. So yeah. he's fine. He's good to go. He's probably going to command some ownership. He's, he's a very talented golfer. I, I'm, I'm sort of staying off him and, and uh, Xander Shoffley at the 9,800, 9,600 range. I'll probably dip down to Dustin Johnson, who I talked about. Actually, Dustin's a 40-to-1 shot, so I'll probably have Dustin as an outright, too. Again, I'm not the biggest DJ guy. Mm-hmm. But when DJ is priced at 9,400 and when he's 40 to one instead of 14 to one, like he he was, you know, two years ago or a year ago, then all of a sudden I'm seeing value. So that's sort of yeah. where I'm going with DJ, especially coming off a uh, progression in his last two starts. You know, uh, you know, from Colonial to RBC, he definitely was better. And I expect him to be even better on uh, Thursday to Sunday. Justin Rose, I think, is really interesting. He's another 40 to one shot. He's 9,200. He's going to command some ownership. As well, he's going to be a little popular, but I really like Justin Rose. I think he's a really good out right here. Um, His game is just ever since he dumped his clubs post-pandemic, he's been lights out. So I really like him. Colin Morikow was interesting. He had a bad Sunday. That might keep his ownership down a little bit. I'm not sure he's going to win this tournament, so I would probably have him ranked third in this nine thousand range, behind Dustin and Justin Rose, and then finally Abraham answer. I always go to him, so I like all four of those guys. Is really my point. So if I the ideal lineup to me would be one of those top tier guys, try to fit in one of these guys, and then start dipping down into that seven seven k range. Maybe throw in an eight k guy if you want to offset him with the six k guy. You know that that's sort of where I I'd, I'd like to. That's how I'd like to manufacture my lineups. But I'll tell you, if you wanted to go more balanced and ditch those top guys, we've seen those middle tier, those 9K guys really emerge, just like mm-hmm. Webb Simpson did last week. So yeah. the, you don't have to have a top tier guy to, to win a GPP or you know a cash game. So please keep that in mind because Dustin, Justin Rose, Colin Morikawa, and Abraham answer are perfectly capable of being the best guys on your team. No yeah.
0: question. And, and so uh, let, let's take the, those two top tiers for a second. There's only a few of those guys. In terms of shares, you know, we're making ten lineups. Let's say, mm-hmm. who, who, how many shares of each of these guys? Is it one of each? Is it you know, two or three of Bryson, and then a couple of the other guys? How are you, How are you looking at it in terms of that?
1: So I usually, I'll probably do the same this time. I'll probably have half of my lineups with one of these upper tier guys. Mm-hmm. So I would say. Okay. So no, and you know what? I'll probably say it's probably going to be a 60, 40. So 60% are going to have one of these upper tier guys. Okay. So I would say 30% of those of that 60%. So half of that 60% is going to be Bryson. And then maybe two shares of Justin Thomas in, in other lineups. And then I'll probably throw one on Webb Simpson just for my sort of like, it's ridiculous to even hear myself say this, but as the contrarian play in that upper tier. So to answer your question, you know, of those three guys, that's going to make up, you know, 60% of my, let's say 10 lineups Mm -hmm. of, of taking an upper tier guy, the other lineups that are going to start in that 9,000 range, that's going to be 40% of my lineups. I will probably have two of those four, those main four guys I mentioned. So a Dustin and Dustin Johnson and Justin Rose lineup or a Justin Rose and an Abraham answer lineup. And then I'll, go down from there. Mm-hmm. So 40% of those 9K guys and 60% of at least one of those 10K guys and up.
0: Love it. Love it, love it, love it. That's fantastic. And just in case everybody, first off, it's a live show, but we have this turned into a podcast. So you always can rewind that so you make sure you get all your math correct. You also can hop in the Discord. It's free for three days. So if you come hang out with us, sweat a little bit over the weekend, enjoy yourself, make some money. I, again, not I don't know too much about golf. I watch the four majors and that's about it. And I'm plus a lot of money these last two weekends, so I'm not angry about it at all. Uh, and we're going to keep on keep that train rolling. So let's go down to that 8K range. Who are we looking at there? Uh, who are we fading? Who are we who are we really jumping on in terms of ownership percentages?
1: By the way, speaking of money, and I mentioned oh. this last week, matchup bets are really where you... Listen, you can make money in DraftKings. Like Some of our subscribers proved that last week and the week mm-hmm. before. I know Steven and, and, and Patrick did well, our writers and our experts. So you could you can make money in DraftKings, but I, I really have to stress, you know, as much as I have fun with outrights of first leader bets, and, and I do hit those from time to time. The real money to be made is the matchups And the only reason i bring that up is because the only reason i because i lost my outrights right because answer and hatton sort of mm-hmm. i guess you could call it choked down the stretch but they really didn't but the reason i won money this weekend is because i had two outrights i had the fade spieth out uh, excuse me fade spieth matchup because i had woodland against spieth and woodland wasn't even yet. very good but speeth was spieth and so i won that and then on saturday i had a big matchup of sergio versus i can't remember who it was but Sergio wasn't getting the respect he deserved from a from just from a market standpoint, and I hammered that one. And so I'm even though I lost my outrights, I'm plus like plenty of money because I hit the what I thought were obvious matchups. So mm-hmm. you, you got to keep that in mind. You know, we talked about that a little bit in the in the Discord chat. We'll talk about it more. I know on Wednesday night people were asking me about matchups, and I honestly. I didn't even follow up with those people, but I'm pretty sure one of them was a fade speed matchup. So they probably did pretty well in that regard, but okay. So, so that's the matchup right. thing. Yes. Like, please talk to us in discord about matchups. Cause that's really important. Like, I mean, we always talk about bankroll management you can always take your, you know, sports betting is, it's a tough business, but if you are going to sports bet and you are going to do it in golf, you have to allocate some money to matchups. And maybe, you know, if you, if you do well, then you, put that money into DraftKings or FanDuel or something, Mm -hmm. and you start building more lineups. I don't know, but if you're going to bet golf, you got to have matchups in mind. Okay, so the 8,000 range. So this is really interesting because there's a couple guys here that their course form on this course, their history is like literally kind of unbelievable. I'll give you an example. Paul Casey's 8,900 on DraftKings. (laughs) His last five finishes on this course, fifth, second, fifth, 17th, second. I mean, that's like, for a guy like... For a guy like Paul Casey, you know, that's like kind of astonishing that that mm-hmm. anybody would finish have that finish in the last five. But Paul Casey, nonetheless. So he'll be a little chalky. He'll be up in that, you know, 15, 16 percent range is my guess. Right below him at 8,800 is Bubba Watson, who mm-hmm. also dominates this course and who has won here three times. Listen, I've I'm I'm never really a Casey guy and I'm never really a Bubba Watson guy. And so I, I kind of I don't want to be stubborn here and I don't want to just rule them out. I know. Stevens article was up today, uh, mm-hmm. also Antonio and Patrick. And I know they were touting Bubba a little bit. and I obviously everybody, you know, likes Casey to some degree. but I just don't think I can get on Bubba here or Casey even with their track record, knowing that this field is more stacked than really so like every other field possible mm-hmm. in in this particular tournament, I just feel like I'm gonna fade them Casey's Bubba to me is a little erratic, even though he's been hot. And and Casey's, you know, he's coming in fresh. You know, he he hasn't played the last two. I just feel like I'm going to pivot off of them. Bubba's going to be super chalky. I'm not going to feel bad if they do well. Mm -hmm. It's like a situation where if if Bubba goes off, I'll be like, all right, you know, I knew that was possible. I decided I made a a hardline decision. I'm going to fade Bubba. And I'm probably going to, I'll I'll have maybe one or two shares of Casey, but honestly, it's almost going to be a complete fade. And I'll tell you, I'm going to completely fade Bubba. And I know that sounds crazy, but I just, his track record is great, but I just trust all of the other guys around him <laughs> better, especially at coming in at lower ownership percentage. You know, I'm talking about GPP. Keep that in mind yeah, too. Yeah, so yeah. if you want to put Bubba in a cash game, that's fine. I'm not even going to do that. Um, but in Casey in a cash game makes a ton of sense because I just don't think he's quite as erratic as Bubba uh, could potentially be. But so anyway, I'm off those two. I like Patrick Reed a little bit to bounce back here. I like Sung jae a lot to bounce back. His metrics, like he's... He's been so good tea to grain. Just he's like
0: all the hot, way down hot. in the AK range?
1: Well, that's the thing. You know, it's wow. just like Webb Simpson, right? So Webb yeah. Simpson, his price went down a lot too last week. He, he all of a sudden became 9200 and it was very affordable. So what a lot of people did, including the guy who won the Million Maker, was he's like, okay, I'll take the chalk. I'll find my uh, ownership level with, with uh, Joaquin Neiman, which is exactly what he did. And Neiman was only a 2% mm-hmm. owned guy. So that was really – he had a couple chalky guys on his team, including Webb. So Sungjae going to be chalky, but – you, you you know you can you can buy some chalk just make sure that you have ownership leverage in other in other places so yeah it's a really good point you bring up 8600 for sung jm yes he's coming off a missed cut but you know there's a reason there's a reason his projected ownership is already in like the, the 20% range because yes. he it has been relatively automatic so um sergio i like he's 8500 he'll be a little chalky too but he was outstanding last week and he mm-hmm. was good the week before too so he, He's been good. He's a he's a good course fit here. I mean, you saw it, you know, when you were watching Sunday. I mean, he was Great. just basically nailing every fairway, nailing every uh, green. So there's no I mean, again, eighty five hundred. That's a that's a pretty good value. Gary Woodland at eighty three hundred is really interesting. Uh, he just wasn't very good at all. Last he made the cut, but he he wasn't. Very, he finished uh, close to the bottom of, of those mm-hmm. guys that made the cut. He's in a nice bounce back spot. That's another sort of Webb Simpson comparison where you're coming off a bad week and people aren't really on you, and then your people don't really like you, and then all of a sudden you become the person that everybody sort of thought you were in the, originally. So I do like Woodland a little bit. Um, I'll just go down the list real quick to finish out the 8,000s. Um, Tony Finau really intrigues me. Um, he's a birdie maker. His game is starting to round into form. I'm not a big Tony Finau guy, but I will have a couple shares of him. That that closes out the 8,000 range. Uh, Leishman, I'm not going to be on. I think Matt's, Matthew Fitzpatrick is good. I just don't think his win equity is very good. So I probably won't have much of him.
0: Okay. And I love it. And we kind of went over a little bit of the 7K range. Correct. Is mm-hmm, there did. anybody else in there that we need to touch on before we kind of rapid fire that 6K range?
1: Yeah, not really. I mean, I I mentioned Keegan. I mentioned Scheffler, uh, Joel Damon, Victor Hovland. I like all of those. Victor's going to be the most uh, chalky of the bunch. If we go to the low 7K range, I think Lowry, I think he continues to be a decent punt. He's going to be barely owned. And again, you can be chalky with most of your lineup and then peg a guy like Lowry who's going to be, let's see, right now he's projecting it like, four percent ownership now he might completely flop your team and that's sort yeah. of what he's done the last two weeks but what we're looking for in this bottom 7k range is upside and we know shane lowry has the upside to a win a tournament or B come to the top 10 so it's one of those things where hey maybe his game is rounding into form i'm getting him for 7100 nobody else is going to have him you know if i'm doing let's say a um, 20 max or a three max why not throw shane lowry in one of those mm-hmm. and just kind of see what happens Um, The only other guy I like in this range, uh, well, two guys really, is uh, Dylan Fratelli and Harold Varner. Fratelli was hot fire last week. Yeah, right? He was. And, and, you know, listen, a lot of these guys were, you know, and they probably, you know, a lot of them might flop this week. You know, there's some guys that people never heard of, like Michael Thompson, who was lights out last week, too. Mm-hmm. I think Fratelli has the game to actually compete here. And I think Harold Varner coming off a miscut cut is good ownership leverage. He's going to be well below five percent. He has the game to fit this course like we saw at Colonial, which is, you know, these are all kind of similar. So um, let's see. Last year, Harold Varner was 21st. Uh, he had two miscuts prior to that, but again, last he's got experience with this mm-hmm. with this uh, course, and he's a nice value play at seventy one hundred. So that that closes out the seven thousands for me, at least. Lovely. Oh, except for my guy, of course, Max Homa.
0: Oh yeah, I'm gonna put him in every lineup. It feels That's like my guy. just like you, you, you ta- what is he like a thousand to one or ninety one this week? I assume like every week. It uh, well, feels it depends.
1: Like. Yeah, it depends where you look. He's a uh, uh, about hundred and fifty to one last time I checked. I mean, he was, he was hot before the pandemic. He's starting, his game is starting to round into form. He was better last week. He's good on approach. Um, you know, as an outright, it's, it's kind of a tough call, maybe a top 10, but at 7,000, I think there's some value there. So before we move on to
0: Mm -hmm. have Austin come on and talk a little EPL, we have to, there's one person we didn't talk about unless I just completely spaced and I would never do that to you. The greatest co-host ever Daniel Berger.
1: (laughs) I don't think I heard you say his name, correct? Yeah. He's not in the tournament. Oh, really? Yeah. He decided to sit this one out and I'm not 100%. It's not a COVID thing. Uh, In fact, uh, I should mention Cameron Champ is out of this tournament. He actually turned up with COVID. Uh, Interesting to note, he didn't play last week, so he wasn't around the guys last Mm -hmm. week, but yeah, he's got COVID, so he's out for, you know, at least uh, two to three weeks, probably. Yeah. But uh, as far as, yeah, as far as Berger, I don't know why he's not in the tournament, but he's not. Interesting.
0: He was great. La- he was great last week, too. I had him in a couple of lineups. He was fantastic. Um, the last great. two weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah, he won a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And then who actually tested positive that was on the tour last week? I remember so that, that
1: was. Yeah, that was Nick Watney. Okay. Yeah, and they took him out Friday morning. And, you know, that's the big fear with DraftKings FanDuel is, is, you know, one of your one of the guys in your core, you know, all of a sudden gets COVID. But, you know, again, the, the Cameron Champ thing, you know, at first I was like, oh, shoot. But then when I realized he wasn't with the guys last week, yeah. I was, uh, you know, obviously the guys that were around Nick Watney got tested, and they've all tested mm-hmm. negative. So we should be in pretty good shape there. The one, the one advisory thing is you, you kind of have to wake up and check your lineups before tee off. Mm -hmm. Uh, or at least, you know, stay up late or, you know, I, you know, the the best advice is really to just wake up early because you could have a guy pop up with COVID, you know, you know, five, six in the morning before tea times and all of a sudden he's, you got to swap him out of your lineup.
0: Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I think we, i think locks at six in the morning right it's like crazy early is it yeah 645? i mean i not 6 all right so yeah, yeah we have some time we have some time so it should be cool but awesome man always appreciate it again you've made me i know i was talking a little sauce on thursday because my uh, all my lineups were shit but one of them just popped up out of nowhere and i made some money so it was awesome and we are going to talk to another gentleman who likes to make a lot of money as well austin buddy how's it going man hey guys how are you brother it's what's great. up austin I'm great. You're great. C is great. We have you here. You're going to help us make a lot of money. I know there's a bunch of EPL on tomorrow. I think there's five games on five tomorrow, games. right? Yep. Jesus. What are we doing? How are we making money, man? Talk to me.
2: So we got a couple different matchups that are pretty substantial favorites. Uh, one isn't going to be on the DraftKings slate. We've got the Liverpool-Crystal Palace game at 315. What? Um,
0: That's your team? They're not going to It
2: is my team, um, and there is one thing that I would like to point out about that is Crystal Palace always plays Liverpool tight. Um, so that's actually why I'm not looking too heavy on them on FanDuel. I prefer Manchester United over Sheffield United tomorrow. But just some stats from that first matchup, and this is pretty much the same lineup that Liverpool had in the previous matchup. Uh, Salah didn't play in the first matchup. Um, he didn't even come on as a substitute, but here are the stats from that game. possession, Liverpool, as expected. Crystal Palace isn't a very big possession team. 16 goal attempts to 12 in favor of Palace. Six to four shots on goal in favor of Palace. Liverpool 1-2-1. It was not a very convincing win. Selhurst is a tough place to play, but now we're looking at playing at Anfield in an empty space, so it's a lot different. But it's always a team that plays them very well, and they can't win the title tomorrow, so... That makes me feel a little bit bad. I was gonna say that's uh, that's all. The, that's the only thing you cared about last yeah. week.
0: Yeah. As long as they can't win it against your team, you're gonna be happy. So I'm, I'm happy to hear. Correct. About
2: that. And, and we've and got. That, oh, sorry.
0: No, I was gonna say that's the late game. So uh, you know, a lot of I know a lot of people focus on on DraftKings, especially because I know the scoring's all crazy. You and Rich yep. have given us a pretty good rundown about that. So I guess with with that main slate for DraftKings, we get those first four games. Um, so how do you, how do you feel about those?
2: Uh, So, I'm looking primarily at two matchups, the Manchester United versus Sheffield United. Uh, Sheffield is pretty hurt on defense right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, They lost Egan to a red card uh, against Newcastle and actually got throttled by Newcastle, which was kind of a shock. Um, And they can't play Dean Henderson tomorrow, which is their star goalie. Um, He's actually on loan for Manchester United, so you can't play against the club that loaned you out. So that is going to be a different game because their backup goalie who its name is slipping my mind um, Simon Moore hasn't played all year huh so now we're looking at a backup goalie with two defenders that are one one was hurt and now the other has a red card so we're kind of like got a makeshift defense here in a team that really doesn't score many goals as we saw with the one or the nil nil draw when they first came back which they should have had the goal that was thrown in the net. And no goals against uh, Newcastle. You're looking at Manchester United probably keeping a clean sheet tomorrow. So that really opens up. I mean, David De Gea is going to be a pretty solid play tomorrow. Um, I don't typically like to pay up too much at goalie, but you got to do what you have to do sometimes. Uh, Bruno Fernandes is by far the top play of the slate tomorrow. Both sites absolutely 100% lock him in.
0: Um, It's going to be
2: expensive. Yeah. Well, hey, man, you got to do what you
0: got to do. And that's so that's that's soccer brand. It makes no sense to me. You loan someone within your own league like that's we don't have to dive too deep into that. But someone tell me the logic there. I just don't get it. Um, I was watching some of that Newcastle uh, Sheffield game, correct? Newcastle Sheffield. And yeah, that red card was kind of. I don't know. I guess it was the second yellow, which made it a red, and then from there you could tell that one team just did not give a shit at all moving forward, yep. and they just were giving up a couple goals, and it was kind of sad. So, um, in terms of those other three games, who are we looking at? I mean, if you have to pay up for that goalie, um, you know how how are we gonna have to pay down, and where are we gonna find some of that money?
2: So you can actually make. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with DraftKings just because I think that that's a great place to find value. Tomorrow is Everton. Um, Everton are playing Norwich, bottom of the table. Everton off a nil-nil draw against Liverpool. There's wasn't really too many fireworks in that game at all. Uh, first first game back, not really expected too much out of these teams, but their their star players are very very reasonable priced. Uh, you've got Richarlison leading the line at 7600. Uh, it's a great price for a guy that can score two to three goals um, most of the time. Their set piece taker is going to be uh, Lucas Digne. On defense, um, 6,400, I already have him in all of my lineups tomorrow. He's going to take all the free kicks, basically, uh, all the corner kicks, and it's a game that Everton should control. But then you've got guys like Gilfie Sigerson who are also going to take the occasional set piece. He was he does still take penalties, so that's always a mm-hmm. an uh, eye-opener. But there is one value guy on that Everton team that I'm kind of looking at. Hasn't really done much all year. He's got 19 appearances, one goal. Not like not much that you've seen all year, but at forty three hundred, if Alex Iwobi gets the start tomorrow, I'm going to have him in. You're not going to find a player that's going to be basically on the wing at forty three hundred in a in a, f- a very favorable matchup that Everton can easily score three goals at. So forty three hundred, that's a great price for him. Um, he played eighty eight minutes against Liverpool so, and only still scored one point seven points, but. It is Liverpool. It's it's a completely different ballgame when you're going from the top of the league to the bottom of the league. So that's definitely something I'm looking at.
0: That is fantastic. Mark him in everybody's lineups. I like that. I like that. That's always good. When Sia tells me to do that, when golf, I do it because it works. So I, I've seen you guys, the soccer discord a couple days ago. What was it? Friday? Like it felt like everybody won money, which is everybody awesome. won. It was and great. That's why we're here again. Discord's free for three days. Just hop in it. see what's going on. Not only do you get Sia in golf and, and Steven and Patrick, but you also get to hang out with Austin and rich in soccer and they can win you money. And then if you're inclined, stay up till five o'clock in the morning because Literally every single day, we take something down in LOL, and I say literally because it actually is. I think it's some ridiculous number of days in a row where we're taking something down in LOL, whether it's us or a community member, and that that part's always fun. So we I joined got one the club like, there today. So, yeah, you did. Congratulations, man. Look at you. First, first day I don't enter the big contest, and of course, oh, I well, take something down. <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's just how it works, right? Uh, Murphy's yeah, Law, course. if I'm not mistaken. Um, so then we have one game <laughs> we have. The Wolves. Oh, yeah. I like this team um, against Bournemouth, something like that.
2: Uh, so, we, yeah, we've got Wolverhampton, Wolverhampton Wolves against Bournemouth. Um, Bournemouth, uh, kind of shaky at the back. Uh, my team, Crystal Palace, absolutely manhandled them the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, two quick goals, and then it was just basically Palace playing what Palace does best, and that's just defend. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did get a guy, Dylan Brooks, back. Um, he missed... Most of the year for two different ankle injuries, kind of kind of caught up, cut them out of playmaker, and they got him back, but lost Ryan Frazier. Uh, Ryan Frazier vowed to not play the rest of the year. He was primarily their set piece taker. He's due for a bit big move. He would have been due for a bigger move had he left last year, but didn't really do too much for me this year. So seems kind of selfish in my eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, But Dylan Brooks is, is definitely going to be one of the plays. If you're looking to attack Bournemouth, that's definitely going to be more of a GPP tournament kind of style there. Uh, Wolves are our favorite in that matchup. So you've got guys like Ralph Jimenez, um, who's definitely more favorable on FanDuel due to the high shot on goal and goal amount of points that you can get. Um, Whereas DraftKings is more cross and other, other stuff Mm -hmm. oriented. Um, DraftKings, you're looking more at a guy like João Moutinho, who's going to take all their set pieces. Um, Adama Traore, if he gets a start, fastest player in the league. I mean, he's literally lightning on his feet. Um, is definitely a play in both sites, and I think he's actually reasonably cheap on Fandle. Um, take a look and see exactly what his price is. But he is... At $13 tomorrow, which can definitely provide you some really nice value from them because he's going to lead the front three. Um, And then as far as defending goes, I'm going to break off that Wolves game just for a quick second. Um, You're going to find value in that 3 o'clock game, and that's with Joel Ward. Uh, It's only going to be on FanDuel, but for $8, he's averaging like 13 to 15 points a game. And going up against Liverpool, you're going to get nothing but defensive stats out of him mm-hmm. where yellow cards and everything aren't, aren't a problem. I uh, definitely wouldn't play him on DraftKings, but Fandle for $8, that's pretty much going to be in most of my lineups. He's a guaranteed start. Um, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, other than that, we're looking at that Newcastle Aston Villa game. And that's a game where Newcastle can easily win that game. They've won three in a row. Uh, Villa haven't been good. And, there's definitely some value there with guys like Miguel Almiron, uh, Joel Tino, Um Isaac Hayden on DraftKings, I believe, is 3800 this week, and that's a very, very cheap price. Yeah. Uh, I believe he had an assist against Sheffield, so if you even get like eight to ten points out of him, you're you're pretty much set. That is fantastic. But definitely a lot of value this week for, to fit in some of these top-end guys for Manchester United and
1: Everton.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You you always have to do that. I mean, chalk is
2: what it is. Sometimes it's
0: good. as Coa says sometimes there's bad chalk too, and we don't really want that bad chalk when we don't have to. And so, I guess in terms of uh, some bets, what are, what are we laying down? I know you're uh, you're a betting man, a betting gentleman. Um, I do like it. What um what what are some of the bets you're going to be placing? I, those two overs hit, I think, right? Those two. Uh, uh, they two-
2: they should. The, of- the second one should have hit, but they. It was 1 1, 90th minute penalty was awarded, and the VAR turned it loose and said, no penalty. Uh,
0: very, very interesting. So, so uh, Austin yeah. will immediately text me or immediately send me a message on Discord if his over hits, but it's weird. He doesn't. He doesn't tell me if the the you don't, over
2: you don't celebrate your losses. You celebrate your wins. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's just honesty. I like
0: some people. Uh, but no, no, no. Uh, so yeah. Who? What are some of the bets? What are some of the uh, overs that I can hammer? Because that's all I want, man.
2: I just want more goals. Every yeah. Everybody wants the goals. I think the uh, Everton game is going to be good for the over. Um, I believe that's at uh, over two and a half. Uh, Manchester United money line is, in my eyes, pretty much going to be a lo- well. There's never a lock in gambling, mm-hmm. but it's it's looking pretty good at minus two forty. Um, Newcastle and Aston Villa. If I was going to take take a side there, I'm 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 looking Newcastle at plus one thirty eight. I don't think that that game goes over two and a half though. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the under in the Liverpool Palace game. That's under three. Uh, So even if they hit three goals, you're pushing. Um, But I don't think it hits four. At minus 400, though, Liverpool, that's like a reasonable number that you can put them in a parlay or something of that nature. Uh, Wolves at minus 182 is definitely a a pretty solid bet there. And Everton and Norwich, like I said, the over looks good at uh, minus 118 for over two and a half. But at Everton at minus 110 is kind of interesting. Uh, I think that's more based on how we haven't seen them do anything since COVID, came, or COVID break has ended. The nil-nil draw, and Norwich has already played a game and seen a little bit of what they can do. But mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's really expecting too many fireworks in that game. But I personally think that, that Everton attack can get it done. So I'll be looking at Everton to win that game as well very cool and we
0: actually have a question from jimmy wagner uh he wants to know is pickford in goal yes or no i don't remember if he said
2: that name uh i did not say that name uh jordan pickford will be in goal uh awesome. for everton um i'm not sure of his price on either site um uh, know, jimmy. what is he 11 dollars oh, $11 on fanduel okay um that's not a bad price uh that's probably going to end up being one of my goalies. I'm, I'm gonna, I play multiple lineups on FanDuel, so that's yeah, definitely one of the options that I'm going to look at. But DraftKings, we're looking at 5,300, and that's that's not a bad price. But I think I'm actually going to look more towards a guy like Martin Dubravka mm-hmm. uh, at 5,000. Um, it's one of those plays where you can save 300, and I, like I said, I think that Newcastle Villa games can be very low scoring. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to I'm trying to find that clean sheet value in order to pay up in my other okay. positions and DraftKings thankfully finally has a real real nice contest on there tomorrow. Yeah, uh, what we? Four hundred dollar entry, twenty thousand to first. We're they're finally starting to step it up a little bit. Let's go,
0: boys. Let's go. Where are we going? Well, let's let's get it. Exciting. I want Austin to win. I saw a pretty funny tweet go out. Um, his girlfriend wants him to win a lot too, if I'm not mistaken. So <laughs> let's get it, dude. Austin, where can everyone find
2: you on the internet so they can see uh, I am on Twitter at AustinHAR17 and you will always find me in the Discord. Always find
0: Austin in the Discord. You also can find him at 5 o'clock in the morning hitting me up and I always appreciate you there, Austin.
2: <laughs> appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Awesome. Good stuff,
0: man. Yeah, he had a... Um, his girlfriend had a pretty funny tweet the other day. Uh, she was telling him to make some fire DFS lineups so she so he could finally take her out to dinner or something like that. <laughs> it was pretty cute. It was a lot of fun. Um, so we had some fun with that one. So yeah, hopefully that means we can make some money. We appreciate awesome. We appreciate rich. We appreciate our soccer guys for what they do. They're both also just super nice. I think that helps. But man, it, it helps a lot more if they make me money. And I'll be honest, they've been doing that, so not angry about it. So let's um switch gears a little bit. We have a little bit of news. The MLB is back, Sia. I know I've been saying I'm a I'm a PGA guy now, and I don't know. Just hearing those words, I think I might be switching teams. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. MLB is no, back.
1: That's okay. I mean, I um, I kind of thought this was going to happen the whole time. I'm yeah, just saying I was all, the optimist in the group.
0: We all knew this was going to happen. I was just angry about it. And it's really funny because they're literally just going with exactly what they agreed upon in March. March 26th, they signed this agreement that said, okay, this is what we're going to do. They can never come to then. They can never come to terms then. So now, what are they doing? The exact thing that they agreed upon in March, which just kind of leads us to believe again that this was again just a stall tactic by the owners to make sure that they only played a certain number of games to make sure that they could only pay out so much money. They're playing a th- their, their season has gone from 162 games down to 60, which is 37 percent of a normal season, which will be the lowest season on record percentage-wise in terms of uh, of games played across all major sports. I don't remember what year that was until, but I feel like it's like somewhere in like the 1900s. So like, I don't know, man, what is a 20? As we were talking about it last week, this this is prime time. You know, throw some money on the White Sox, throw some money on the Reds. Someone can get hot in 60 games. It's really not like, I mean, you get hot for 20 games. You go, I don't know, like 15 and five. That's a third of the season already. Like at that point, let's just rock and roll with it.
1: So they're still doing the expanded playoffs, right?
0: No, they're not oh, doing the expanded interesting. playoffs. Yeah, that was the MLB PA decided to not do the extended playoffs. That way they could file a right to grieve because the owners are assholes. And I think the players are definitely going to win and they're going to make like a billion dollars from it. So they decided to not go at the playoffs, which would have probably been better for the game. But when someone says, hey, man, do you want a billion dollars? I'm going to probably say yes. I don't know. I can't really take that away from anybody at that point.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I, I didn't. I wasn't really a big fan of the expanded playoffs anyway. I actually think, I actually think it's better for the. I plan on betting some of those like White Sox ish teams, those Reds teams, those uh D backs teams, and so I think it'll actually be better for me to get value with that bet if there's fewer teams in the playoffs. And the reason for that is because once you get into the playoffs, if it's the same number of teams, all you have to do is roll through a few series to get, you know, to win the World Series, you know what I mean? So as long as one of those teams that I'm talking about can just go on a win streak, like literally like two win streaks in the first 40 games, and you might, you know, almost be a lock to make the playoffs. So I'm really intrigued. Like once this is set up, like, I still kind of want to make sure this goes off when they say it's going to go off, which is actually like a month from tomorrow, Mm -hmm. I guess. But Once those odds come out, which probably will be really soon, what we're going to definitely on the show, we're going to talk about that because I definitely think there's, I'm very curious to see what the odds makers do with some of those teams that are not the Yankees or the Astros or, you know, the LA Dodgers or what have you, because if the odds are like what they normally are for those teams in a 162 game season, then I think we're getting some value in, in taking some of those middle tier teams that typically don't have much of a shot to make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, why Why would you take a Yankees or a Dodgers, right? Like, I want to see them start slow and, and kind of start from behind and then have to climb their way back in where, I mean, why not, right? Like, <laughs> what's the point of taking a Dodgers team that we know is probably going to be good? And as you said, there's not going to be that much value there.
1: So, and that's why when I give you, for example, golf outrights, mm-hmm. I always start basically 30 to 1 and down because – after day one of the golf tournament, a guy like that, that people might like, like a Justin Thomas or Bryson, well, maybe they didn't have the best day one. And so maybe all of a sudden, instead of being 12 to one, now they're 23 to one. So it makes a little bit more sense to take them. But if you take a 50 to one shot and he has a good Thursday, like you anticipate, then all of a sudden that 50 to one gets, you know, chopped in half to 25 or to 20. And so you have to deal with that. So no, to your point that there's just literally no value in taking mm-hmm. those, those teams, those upper echelon teams.
0: Yeah, it, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm just uh, I was uh taking a walk around my block today. It's super hot here and super muggy, but I had to get outside, and there were kids playing ball, man. And just hearing that that ping off the bat, head turned, I jerked, I stopped, I didn't know what it was, and then I remembered, and I got so happy again. So hopefully MLB can do that for me, and I'm very excited. And we're going to be talking a lot about the MLB this Saturday, from seven to nine on Sirius Channel two hundred ten eighty seven. I was. Forget the channels, but I'm pretty sure I got it. 21087. Yep. Uh, we're gonna be having David Meltzer on. We're gonna be having Brandon Steiner on. I'm looking for another special guest, and it's actually going to be the three show, the three of us, the three amigos, me, you, and Jason. Um, we don't have a Sunday show, unfortunately. So we're gonna get that chat Saturday show. The three of us are together once again, hopefully jason's mic cuts out a little bit so we can just have this you know three you know three times yeah he's not listening come on (laughs) no but uh very excited for that so yeah make sure to check us out on saturday on sirius fantasy sports radio uh seven to nine it should be a lot of fun so just a couple more things season 60 games as we said uh starts the 24th so thank you for your dates players are supposed to report by july 1st trade deadline is august 31st which is going to be really interesting because you literally get a trade deadline halfway through the season and then you get to do the other half of the season and it's going to be wild and i am very curious to see what happens um another thing that i've been hearing a lot about is some of these so it's and i don't want to get too deep into it because i don't know it well enough but a lot of lower paid players were actually given a salary advance and some of them have actually received more money or all of the money that they would have, they got from their salary advance than they would from playing these 60 games. So all they really have to do is come out and play one game. And then if they have an injury, they don't have to play anymore and they can pretty much just call it quits. I don't know how often that's going to happen, but it's going to be interesting to see some of these younger, um, underpaid you know whatever the word we want to use guys uh, there will be a tree uh transaction freeze on the fifth day prior to the first day of spring training which is Marley Rivera I appreciate your information but I don't really understand exactly the wording of that and then active <laughs> rosters are actually going to be trimmed down so the 15th day of the season they're going to go from 30 to 28 and then the 29th day of the season so about halfway through they're going from 28 to 26 so they're going to be trimming that down and then as we it is speculated still that teams in the east will play teams in the east to, to limit travel as much as possible so we will not get that Astros Yankees game to see who can cheat a little bit better until the playoffs so how do you how do you feel about any of that does anybody does that change your your betting a little bit like is that going to determine you know are you going to be looking at a team like the Phillies less now because now they're gonna have to play Boston and the Yankees and the Rays a little more than some of these other teams that have to play
1: yeah, that's a good point. I mean, when I actually get a chance to look at that, because yeah. you've looked at I haven't had a chance to. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to factor that in. I mean, in the, the reality is I kind of do like the Phillies in this type of condensed mm-hmm. format. So yeah. yeah, we'll look at that. I mean, honestly, I might have to dig a little like a little lower than that Phillies tier. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really thinking... Off the top of my head, I'm really thinking like di- like Diamondbacks. Some of these, some of these, like even a even a White Sox. I, mean, I I just want crazy odds on a team, and if I see a win streak, then I'm I feel like I'm in good good shape for a sweat.
0: I love it, dude. I love it. And then so I mean, that's mostly baseball. Uh, as I said, we're going to be talking a lot about baseball coming up on the Saturday only version of the one Daily sports show.
1: Yeah. And, and for the record, I think, you know, we're, we're off this Sunday, but I believe next Saturday and Sunday, what's back oh, to our yes. normal you yes. know, thing.
0: I apologize if that communication was poor on my end. Yeah. It's just this Sunday that we're off ever moving forward. We're still Saturday, Sunday, seven to nine. 210 87. A couple other pieces of news. So, we talked about baseball a little bit. We'll continue that. Baseball this past weekend shut down all their facilities because a lot of people have tested positive for COVID 19. I think the Phillies had four or five, the Blue Jays had a bunch, uh, the spring training facilities and the Arizona facilities, they just shut all of those down. I think that's a reason why they got this deal done so quickly too. They wanted the players really wanted to make sure something was in there. I know they didn't agree to anything, but they pretty much told the MLB like, let's go. I don't know, man, does that, I, I know how you feel about it. And yes, all these guys are, they're not going to, but again, going back to those coaches, going back to the trainers, you know, some of these guys are the ones that tested positive too. So how do you feel about that? And do you think that any of these seasons again, with all this shit going on are, are, are pause for concern?
1: Not, I mean, yes, I I think a lot of, so I think the more people you have in an area like football and baseball, Mm -hmm. the, the more likely you're going to have that domino, that cascading effect of like infection after infection, after infection. The good news is almost everybody in this age class that gets it is, or athlete age class is either asymptomatic or, you know, somewhat symptomatic, but like basically doesn't feel anything Mm -hmm. to your point though. You know, if coaches start getting this and somebody gets really sick, you know, a 65-year-old who has a, you know, a preexisting condition that either he knew or didn't know about, then things get a, get really dicey. And then you, you start looking, you know, each league sort of looks at one another and says, oh, what are we supposed to do next? You know, the good news about things like golf or MMA is they're generally just like individual sports and you're not really playing with people. You're not close to people. So, yeah, it's a cause for concern. I mean, it's a cause. Listen, I think all of them are going to go. I really do think all of them are going to go. I especially think the NFL is going to go, but yeah, it's, it's possible. It's possible. We might have issues as these teams get together.
0: Yeah. I think the worst thing that could happen is, uh, starting and then stopping. I think that would be absolutely just the worst. Um, so that's enough baseball. I think that's all the baseball we have. So a couple pieces of NFL news, Dak signed his tender. So Mm -hmm. Dak is $31 million richer. Good for him. I hope he gets the bag and Really, really um, handcuffs the Cowboys for many, many years to come. Jamal Adams yeah. really wants to go to the Cowboys. It looks like, and even said he'd consider not signing that extension so that way they can make sure that all their their the books are together. But it probably he looks like he's going to stay put. I mean, he is two he is two more seasons under control. The Jets have him for two more seasons unless he sits out and doesn't want to make any money. Um, do you think he's going? To, I know we spoke about it on a little bit last week, but do you really think he's going anywhere?
1: No, uh, I think and I think he's hot and cold with the organization. And I think everything will be fine again in two weeks.
0: Can't really blame him for being hot and cold with the Jets. Uh, They're pretty bad. Um, You know, me wearing my giant shirt, of course. We spoke about Antonio Brown for a hot second uh, last week, if I'm not mistaken. And now he comes back up in the news, or at least Jason and I I know we did. I don't remember if you and I did. Um, The Seahawks and the Ravens are having discussions about Antonio Brown Russell Wilson really wanted Josh Gordon, got him. Turns out Josh Gordon's kind of washed and, you know, it is what it is. So now he's turning his attentions to Antonio Brown. So, I mean, and, and as we spoke about, um, you know, the Ravens, too. I mean, that wouldn't be bad. Him and Hollywood, they're cousins. Maybe they could keep each other in check. I don't, I don't know. How Do you feel like he's actually going to sign with anyone this year? And if so, which which of these two teams do you think it's going to be?
1: So Jason Mizrahi has been all over this. I mean, we talked about this on XM, I think, three weeks ago. And we talked about it again last mm-hmm. Sunday, this last Sunday. Yeah, I think he'll probably go to the Ravens. I think it's the type of organization that can kind of bring him in and control him. It looks like he's sort of calmed down. And Jason pointed this out on SiriusXM, which which was, you know, he's been relatively quiet the last few months on social media and and all of those other outlets. I'm sure you talked about that with him, too. But the point is, that's a very good indicator that he wants to get back in the league. Because if we know anything about Antonio Brown, it's that he cannot control himself when it comes to social media and things of that nature. The fact that he is, is is very telling and the fact that he has Hollywood Brown i guess it's his cousin right mm-hmm. that's on the team and that that team is built to win right now i mean the Seahawks are pretty good, but they're second fiddle in the NFC West right now. I don't think anybody would make the argument that they're first. I mean, it's po- anything's possible, but the Ravens are 7-1 to the Super- win the Super Bowl. And honestly, if they get Antonio, I think that might move to like 5-1, five, five to one, and they will be ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs, deservedly so, because that team is completely stacked. If Antonio goes there, they already have speedsters at, at the wide receiver position. They just don't have a lot of experience at the wide receiver mm-hmm. position. So you put Antonio Brown with that young receiver core and and the great tight end Mark Andrews that they have in the Three running backs. It's actually kind of four running backs that they have. The team is just unbelievable. And, you know, they upgraded in the draft. They got plenty of guys on defense in the draft. It's just it's just going to be a show. I mean, this team could legitimately go 15 and one. They were 14 and two last year. So me Mm -hmm. saying they're going to go 15 and one this year really isn't shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. This team is legit. I mean, it is unbelievably good. It's better than Kansas City right now, and it'll be a lot better than Kansas City if they get Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. I expect him I expect him to go to the Ravens. I, I, I mean, I don't really like him, so I don't want him to go
0: anywhere. But if it was to happen, I think it would be pretty cool to watch that offense. And actually, Jason and I spoke about this on Saturday as well. So, man, Jason is really all over this. We actually talked about what if Jamal Adams and Antonio Brown land on the Ravens? I mean... What is that over and under? I mean, I have to assume it's 14 and a half at that point, right? Like, and do you take that over that? I mean, I don't actually think it would be 14 and a half, but
1: that is. It cool. would be 13. It would be 13. It, and I mean, maybe 12 and a half. But if it's 12 and a half, I would take the over. I mean, you know, we're already on the over. I'm, I'm yeah. heavy on the Ravens altogether. Uh, yeah, you're right. It, it You know, 13 would be very justifiable. Mm
0: hmm. It would be it would be something Um, something else that came out today, or if I'm not mistaken, or very recently, Big Ben has been doing well with rehab. Um, Also saw a report, I guess he has some has had some addiction problems Um, over his career as well, which I had no idea about. So read up a little bit on that. I don't know. Don't really need to comment too much. It sounds like he's doing well. He's getting better. So that's the important part. But seems like rehab's going well. He is kind of old. So, you know, it's one thing if we're talking about, um, you know, one of those, uh, well, who was it? D- uh, Darrell Henderson, uh, of Darrell uh, Henderson, uh, yeah. Darrell Henderson, you no, know, always yeah. going to get his name wrong. And Sony Michelle, these 20 somethings, these 24, 25 year olds, dudes, another thing, if we're talking about a 38 year old quarterback, so it's, happy to see that he's doing well. And I think that that part is pretty important. Um, Anything on big Ben from you? I mean, I
1: think, no, it's, I it's, mean, obviously the Steelers season comes down to big Ben. I mean, oh, cam yeah. cam Newton really should be there. I wish Mike Tomlin had brought him in and just convinced him to just be a backup. You'll probably get a chance. And if you don't, you'll sit here for a year. I'll, I'll play you up as a great mm. teammate and you'll get a, a three-year contract because you know, you're, you're just going to be a part of a great organization and we're going to rep you out as best we can. So I, I don't, I don't know how that team functions with what they have with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. So Big Ben better be healthy. And if he is, if he's healthy the whole season, which honestly is a little bit of a stretch, I guess. But if he's healthy all season, this is one of the best teams in the AFC. I mean, I I honestly, it wouldn't shock me if they ended up being the third best team in the AFC behind Kansas City and the Ravens. I mean,
0: that defense was great and they had zero help last year. Give them a couple point lead every once in a while and see what make Fitzpatrick and the boys are capable of doing. So uh, last piece of uh, information, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA. So a couple players are choosing to actually sit out for, for a couple different reasons. So Trevor Reza said he couldn't go because of child visitation rights. If I'm not mistaken, you are a resident lawyer. How can that not get moved for the NBA playoffs? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a little weird. I I, I yeah. didn't look into what the I, you know it almost seemed like there was a little bit more to that story oh, in terms yeah, I'm
0: of sure there was yeah
1: yeah so I, you know it's, and it's hard for me to speculate right now but yeah I mean if if that's the only time you can see your child I, you know I I don't know when the next time he'd be able to see his so it's really hard for me to say. I, I was uh, a little disappointed just because Trevor Ariza, he's such a good Mm -hmm. he's just such a good piece to any playoff team in particular when he was with the Wizards. I mean, (laughs) this is back when the Wizards were actually making the playoffs, which, by the way, wasn't that long ago. You know, It was four or five years ago that he was with the Wizards with with John Wall, healthy and, 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 um, you know, he was a really big piece of that team. So, yeah, it's it's a shame. I wish he and was in the playoffs.
0: Those Rockets teams too, right? Some of those Rockets yeah. teams that took the Warriors to seven games, or at least that that one that went six a couple years ago. I mean, he was there, and he is a big, big part of it. So I never understood why the Rockets let him go, but he's moved around a little bit. I feel like he's always a great piece on a team, but no one wants to pay him for some reason. And yeah, I think he's on Portland now, and unfortunately, they have a pretty good shot at taking that eight seed. Um, you know, him not being there, I think, is definitely going to hurt them a little bit. Um, we also have Bertans of the Wizards, so you can talk about this one a little bit. Said so he'd actually rather just sit out i mean i don't think the wizards have a shot and i don't even think you think the wizards have a shot at making that eight seed i think it's kind of ridiculous they've already pretty much come out and said yeah actually you're cool man like just don't come stay healthy we'll pay in the off season and we're good Uh, you know jason was talking to me about him today sharpshooter yada yada but how do you feel like if now is this a domino that falls or is this going to be kind of an, an outlier and an exception to the rule of everybody trying to go and do what they can here in orlando
1: Well, I think if you have legitimate playoff aspirations, you're not worried about what he's worried about. I think what he's worried about is getting a new contract next year and he's going to get big bucks. So the last thing he would like, you know, you go home to your family and I don't know if he has a family, but let's just pretend he does. And he has a, like, let's say a wife and a couple kids or something. And you tell them, Hey, I got to go to Orlando for four months and Play some games that are going to be completely inconsequential and potentially injure myself. And by the way, if that happens, it'll cost us about, I don't know, I'm speculating 20 to 30 million dollars. Honey, how do you feel about that? So it's 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 one thing if the conversation starts with, hey, we got a real, real shot at not mm-hmm. only making the playoffs, but but doing some damage. I'll get a lot of I'll get a lot of press. It'll be really good for my career and, and, and it'll be really fun. It's it's a dream come true. But like again, this was a gimmicky thing that they included the wizards so that they they could justify including. Zion and the Pelicans. And this is the consequences of it. You have guys that are like, really? Why am I here? I don't need to be here. I'm going to look out for me instead of my team because my team doesn't even need me because they have no chance. So I get it. I'm a little worried that other people will, will do that. But the reality is, nobody else is really in that position that the Wizards are. Every other team that's been, quote, invited mm-hmm. is, you know, a playoff you know contender yeah. at this point. Yeah. I
0: would say the Suns maybe not. And now mm-hmm. knowing that the Spurs don't have Lamarcus Aldridge, but obviously standings-wise, they're absolutely they have a shop without one of their two most okay players, I don't think they're really going to have a shot. Unfortunately, sure. so what happens there. And definitely the Suns. I mean, I don't, again, I don't know why either the wizards or the Suns were invited, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, some new- news that came out today, which was a lot of fun. Sham said, boogie will not be coming back. Boogie's representation then said, we're actually open to the idea of signing for these last eight games and seeing what happens. I mean, we know, I think he, he tore his ACL like after he signed with the Lakers. So think of what the Lakers could be. I mean, if you, we saw what boogie and AD were like, for that little while and that was a lot of fun down in new orleans um do you think he there's any reason for a team to sign him just for just for fun's sake or is there really anything that that can happen from that
1: not with such a short stint i mean you know you you're gonna have the chemistry issues that you had when demarcus came back from the, the latest yeah. injury so mm-hmm. and, and demarcus you know he's not exactly a chemistry guy either when, he, no. when when he's off the court so no i mean i think for next year it would be fine for a team like yeah. the Lakers or anybody else to sign them. But for now, no, I think that's too much to incorporate in this this short time with players getting back and trying to like assimilate themselves. It's just not a good idea to add an extra person to that yeah. who may or may not be a, a valuable player, frankly.
0: Yeah, and then um, just a couple other things here. So the Knicks are looking at Mike Brown, uh, former Cavaliers coach, and Jason Kidd uh, as potential head coaches. Uh, I don't know why um and that's where I'll kind of just leave that one I think the kid one they think there's actually a chance by hiring Jason Kidd they can get Giannis to come to New York but I really don't see that happening so we'll just skip over that one and the last thing which is we'll see um so Serbians are not having a great time with COVID right now so we had Novak Djokovic he tested positive but that was just pretty much out of sure stupidity so I'll let anyone out there want to go google that one you're more than welcome but Nikolai Jokic, the Joker, he also tested positive while in Serbia. I don't know if he was at the Jokovic event. Maybe he was, so maybe it is out of stupidity, but uh, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, we know we're all in the same camp. These guys are going to be fine, but now we're starting to get down to the time. Now we're going to start to see if these guys start to catch it while in Orlando, and it stays around for a little while, and then they have to be out for those two weeks in quarantine, but we don't know how long they had. Like, that's where it's going to start to get to be a problem. If Guys are starting to get sick in the playoffs. If you're sick in the playoffs and you miss two weeks, that's a seven game series, right? Like if one of the Lakers get it and they have to be gone for that, that two week stretch, that's going to be huge. So that's the thing I'm most worried about. I think all these guys are going to be fine. But at what point, man, what, at what point do you start to say like, all right, this is now we're starting to get a little too close for comfort.
1: No, I'm not even close to there with the NBA. Okay. Uh, the the problem, by the way, Jokic was reportedly hanging out with Djokovic no last uh, last week. Yeah, love it. Um, you know, I I haven't verified that, but that that is absolutely the latest report. So that's okay. kind of hilarious. Um, the worry for me is this, and we talked about this again on SiriusXM last weekend as well. My understanding was always that the workers quote in the bubble, whether it's you know the people in the kitchen or mm-hmm. hospitality or whatever. We're all going to, st- uh, or the ha- you know, hairdressers, they have a bunch of like cool things that are going on I'm in curious, the bubble. Yeah. My understanding was that all of those people were going to be staying in house the whole time. I was listening to some things today and my understanding is now different because I think some of, uh, or almost all of them are going to be able to go home back and forth in and out of the bubble. Now, listen, maybe that's misinformation that I received and maybe th- maybe this is a pointless conversation, but if that's the case, it's like so dumb. And I just yeah. can't, I can't imagine Adam Silver has not calculated that in. Um, you know, you if, if you have somebody that might need to stay there for four months, you know, that might be sucks for them to some degree, but you, you compensate them for for them okay. doing that. So there's, it's, uh, there's obviously ways around that. So uh, that would be a word for me. But once they enter, quote, the bubble and they've done the tests, I really don't see a scenario where they're going to, you know, quote, catch something and it's going to infect mm-hmm. the entire team. So I'm, I just, uh, the NBA isn't, you know, if I was worried about a league, I would probably start with Major League Baseball and then NFL and college football, and then it would be NBA would be next mm-hmm. in terms of uh, me worrying about things not going off. I think the NBA is going to go off.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird, man. And uh, those Serbians, what are they doing? <laughs> What are they doing? I don't get it. But uh, awesome show, Sia. We went a little long, but I always love spending time with you, so I don't think it's too big a Thank deal. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you so much to Austin for coming on. Sia, where can everybody find you on the internet? Oh, one more point.
1: Well, no. Well, so you can find me at, at Sia Najad. You can find me in Discord. Uh, but but more importantly, just just so everybody knows, because we, we kicked the show off with golf, we're gonna have, we are gonna have so much content already out there on winddillysports.com, but we also have a lot more content coming tomorrow from Steven and Patrick and Antonio. So, and of course, we're all going to be in the discord chat tomorrow, particularly tomorrow night. So please get to dot and read those articles. I think a lot of them are still free, Michael. Mm-hmm. So oh, um, get there. They're doing a really, really good job. And the one thing I didn't mention with golf, I never went through some six K guys just real quick. Let me mention Doc Redmond, Stuart Sink, Bryce Garnett, Brandon Steele, Matthew Naismith, and Cameron Tringali. Those are guys that if you had to take a punt play, those are guys to get. We'll talk about that in Discord. I just mm-hmm. wanted to get it out there.
0: Tringali, you said that name. I, it's hard to forget that last that last name. I think you said that last week too. So we'll
1: see. He withdrew last week, oh, so right. mm-hmm. now he's back. So he's another. He's a, a total punt. He's only sixty three hundred, but you know, hey man, that's if how you, you need win. it, you need it. That's how you win a million dollars on
0: DraftKings. Again, thank you to Austin for coming on. Thank you to Sia. My man, my co-host. Thank you from me as well at Michael Raziel One, and I really hope you make it a profitable night, everybody.